Hello and welcome to the October Halloween edition of Capital Yarns, the podcast. I'm Sean Costello and uh, each month, roughly, uh, I bring one of my short stories to life with the help of some friends. Uh, short stories inspired by three items nominated via social media, always set Nearly always set in Canberra, the capital of Australia, and I've got a little bit more news on that front after we've heard this month's yarn. Uh, of course, Halloween is coming up, 31st of October, not far away, and this yarn's in a really, really good fit. But a warning, it's a real nasty, dark piece of fiction, and I wouldn't let my kids within a pumpkin patch of this one. So if you've got any small ones nearby, send them away. Make sure they're not within earshot because uh, this is quite a dark tale. It was perhaps ironically inspired by a childhood friend of mine who requested uh, items that sort of um, brought back the memories of where we grew up. Uh, Owen via Facebook suggested the Cosmopolitan Twin Cinema, an old, uh, very small cinema in the southern parts of Canberra. Batemans Bay, almost a suburb of Canberra, uh, the coastal town where Canberrans flock as soon as the temperature gets into the 20s. A two-hour drive away, but as I said, during a Christmas period, uh, you feel like you're bumping into everyone you know in Canberra. And Yurambi Primary School, the school that uh, Owen and I attended, but uh, sadly no more. It was demolished a year or two ago to create uh, accommodation for older people. So I suppose some sense of uh, change in the suburb where I grew up, just in that sense. So here we go. Let's have a listen to it. As I said, it's a very dark horror-like theme. It's called Identity Theft. What goes around comes around. Live by the sword, die by the sword. The rule of three. Karma. You humans call me many things, but I'm not sure you've ever truly believed that I exist. Ever wondered what happens when you do a decent act or a shitty one? All those little sliding door moments that you might not give a second thought. They mean something. And I certainly think about them twice. Sometimes I give them a third and fourth thought as well. It's my job to add up all those little events and work out what they mean for you. And what they mean for the person you just cut off on the highway too. Or the guy who uses the dirty toilet seat after you. I hover just above you, watching as you scurry around like insignificant little ants. I know just when to let you go and when to pull you up. Humans are so easy to manipulate. A push here, a nudge there. Sometimes my actions add up to just a little readjustment. But other times, I'm forced to intervene with some major fuck-with-your-future life-changing event. Don't believe me? Let me show you. Just follow me down the road a ways, just round the corner. Ah, here we are. Here's the bus. Running bang on time. Good karma in that. No need for me to get involved with the driver. No, I'm interested in the two guys sitting there, sitting uncomfortably next to each other halfway up the left-hand row. See them? One all suited up for work. And the other, well, he looks like he hasn't gone to work in a while. Up until now, one of them has been good and one of them bad. I know what you're thinking. Good and evil are subjective descriptions based on a whole complex set of moral judgments and cultural relativism where you can shove that postmodern shit up your actual or existential ass. Because I know 
It's my job to know. And one of these guys is good and one is bad. That is, until now. But I have an itch on the sole of my left foot. And that usually means someone good is about to do something bad. Very bad. See the one with the unkept hair, shaggy brown? He's the bad guy. Let's call him Bruce, because that's his name. He likes to watch people in that creepy, crazy eyes sort of way. Right now, on the bus, he's staring into the windows of the cars and houses around him. Once he has a lock onto someone, he pretends he's inside their head, imagining he knows their innermost thoughts and desires. No longer Bruce, but instead becoming Barb or Ben or Kevin. Right now he's staring at Judy, the blonde woman in that red Toyota waiting at the lights. He thinks she's worrying about her kid, imagining she is running to pick him up from school after an accident on the monkey bars. Of course, he can't really get inside her head. He's not even close. Her name is Emma and she's on her way to collect a dry cleaning. Only I can do what Bruce longs to. Bruce knows he's not a nice person. He wonders if he might be better being someone else. You just got a second chance. Let's take a little tour through Bruce's head. Come on, don't be shy. Take my hand and in we go. Some of my colleagues do the nostril entry, but I can't stand the feeling of the snot. I always enter through the ear canal. Here we go. (sighs) Sorry, should have asked if you get travel sickness. Try to hold your lunch. Nothing worse than barfing in someone's ear. So, this is the inside of Bruce's mind. I've rendered it like a library to help you comprehend it. All these books, thick and thin, small and large, are Bruce's memories. Here's a good one. Shaped like a kid's colouring in book. Let's open it and see. Ah, little Brucey, nine years old. Let's take a look. Bruce! Bruce! She's calling from the kitchen window. I can hear you, Mother, thinks Bruce, but I choose to ignore you. I have more important things to concentrate on, like these ants. See how they squirm as I move the magnifying glass over them? The sweet smell of their bodies frying? Bruce! Have you seen the cat? Oh yeah, the cat. I forgot about her. No, Mum, I haven't. Well, not for half an hour. But no, I'll be seeing old puss for a while. Not until the leaves fall off that big maple out the front, and by then she'll be hanging in the breeze for weeks. Oh, best we leave the action there, I think. I've seen enough. Trust you have too. Just replaying it has got him a little hard. Of course, not as hard as the time last week when he figured out he could see into the women's toilets at his local mall through a crack in the wall of the accessible toilet. But even I can't stomach to watch that memory again. Let's get out of Bruce's head. Told you it was a nasty piece of work. However, every Bruce has his day. Our good guy is Michael. The guy in the suit. White shirt, blue tie, mid-forties, and just the hint of a receding hairline. He's about to make a big mistake that might change his life for good. I'm not sure. I can't see into the future. My itchy feet only apply for so long. I'm here to dole out some punishment. I only materialise when I'm needed. You watching? See how the bus slows down to stop at the interchange? Bruce stands to leave, slightly pushing past Michael as he does so, who's also trying to make his way from his seat into the narrow passageway. That sort of action usually constitutes a minor karma infraction, But today I've got bigger Michaels to fry. Still watching? 
See how as they exit the bus, Michael can't stop thinking about that bump? He looks Bruce up and down and immediately assesses him as someone beneath him. Michael is a goodie, but he has an ego, and he's not delighted that the likes of Bruce think they can push past him on the bus. Little do the two men know, but they're heading in the same direction. Both are walking away from the bus quickly to catch the 61 to Canberra. As Bruce passes the old snake pit, he recalls another memory from his childhood. Sneaking into the cosmopolitan twin cinema to see Basic Instinct. Little Bruce was barely into his teens, but he enjoyed what he saw. Some might say he enjoyed it a little too much. Perhaps another memory we might leave there. I used to love that little cinema. There was something wonderfully quaint about the tiny two-cinema complex with a little candy bar cramped to the foyer. I think Bruce's memory might have just ruined it for me. Anyway, here's the important bit. See Bruce reach into his pocket to check his bus pass is still there, and in doing so, fails to notice the $50 note slip out as he pulls the card from his pocket. Michael watches the money flutter to the ground and Bruce rushes on. What's going through Michael's mind, you ask? The worst thing from my point of view. As he bends down to pick it up, he ponders two options. Quickly and surreptitiously put the money in his pocket, or reach out and tap this stranger on the shoulder to politely return it. He considers the rapidly retreating Bruce once again. He looks like he needs the money. And Bruce certainly does. That is, in fact, the only money he has left in the world until he is paid the day after tomorrow. Michael can't get Bruce's push out of his mind, though. As he recalls the memory, the impact grows more significant in his mind. What was actually the merest brush has become an epic push, a hit of big league grand final proportions. Serves him right, thinks Michael. And that is Michael's greatest sin. Doing my job. And for that, he must pay. So Michael and Bruce are continuing heading in the same direction. Platform 9, to catch the same bus home. Michael walking behind Bruce all the way, the $50 note getting progressively heavier in Michael's pocket. He's feeling physically weighed down by it. But he doesn't give it back. Not while they walk a few paces apart, their gates almost in sync all the way to the platform. Not when they climb aboard the bus together. And not when Michael pushes the button for his stop across the road from his old primary school, Urambi. As Michael exits the bus, all he can think about is the $50 in his pocket. That's my part in this little play. To ensure he thinks about nothing but that money. Recycling his guilt back on itself until he feels like he'll be crushed under the weight of that money and the pain it has brought. So he's not thinking about the bag that he's left on his seat back on the bus. A bag that contains his two most prized possessions. His wallet and iPhone. A bag that catches Bruce's eyes as he stands to leave the bus a short time later. Unlike Michael, there was no pause for consideration. In fact, he looked forward to getting off the bus so he could rifle through the bag to discover new booty. This was the opportunity he'd been waiting for. At last, he could be someone else. Michael Keith Johnson, to be exact. You won't be shocked to learn that our Bruce is quite handy on a computer. He was lucky to have grown up at a time when the rise of the dark web coincided with the emergence of his strange sexual fantasies. Bruce quickly learned to find anything he needed within a few mouse clicks. So now that he has found Michael's wallet and unlocked phone, he knows exactly how to progress his ultimate fantasy. In my world, you may be surprised to learn that actually Bruce's actions aren't such a big deal. Certainly not as significant as Michael's earlier pause for thought. You see, my game is all about conscience. That's how I get my energy. 
the promise of a guilty conscience is what brings me to a particular place. And should that guilt eventuate, then I feed from the negative energy it emits. And Michaels was giving up a nice little surge of power. Over the coming weeks and months, Bruce puts his ill-gotten skills to work on ill-gotten gains. In no time at all, he has completely and utterly taken over Michael's identity. That might have been the end of it. At least for me. New Michael, that's how old Bruce is thinking of himself now, happily enjoyed his new identity, leaving old Michael to navigate his life through a web of unpaid credit card debts and criminal charges. Old Bruce did such a good job that it might even have sent some subjects crazy. Our story may have finished with old Michael sitting in an asylum somewhere. But he's more formidable than that. See him there? Doing his own searching online? Trying to track old Bruce down? Still, he won't succeed. At least, not without me. Not that I necessarily want to get involved again. Old Michael has given me all I need. But what Bruce is about to do is too tempting not to feed on. Even Bruce's conscience has its limits. It can only be pushed and pulled so much. Even though I'm usually focused on the bad deeds of the good... The evil deeds of the bad are hard to ignore. So follow me on another journey down another dark road. This one takes us towards the coastal town of Batemans Bay. More than a year has passed since that fateful day on the bus. There is old Bruce speeding down the highway in a new yellow Ferrari, paid for using a complex number of transactions that end in old Michael's credit card. See how he takes those corners too hard and too fast? He's not used to this car and in taking a corner too fast, slightly loses control. He clips the camper van doing the other way, causing it to slam into the guide barrier and sit teetering on the edge of the mountain. Bruce sees the van and pauses, just for a moment, before diverting his dented Ferrari back onto the road and down the mountain. I can't let that pass. And little does old Bruce know, 30 minutes behind, down the road hurtles old Michael. On the scent, while in front of the police, Michael is closing in. The prey has become the predator. The police might provide some form of justice, but not enough for me or old Michael. I crave retribution. So, ironically, with a little help from me, Michael will be shortly sitting outside old Bruce's window, silently watching, waiting. My right foot is getting itchy now. You know what that means. A good man is about to get his revenge. Well, I hope you enjoyed that dark Halloween yarn. Certainly, uh, I was a little surprised that when given three items from my childhood, that's what emerged from my sadistic brain, but there it is. Hope you enjoyed it, and happy Halloween to everybody. Just a small bit of news uh, on the Capital Yarns front. Uh, I will be participating in something really exciting on the uh, 5th of November at 4.30pm online. The Digital Writers Festival is on uh, at the moment, and for the next sort of uh, week or so, looking at all things digital and writing. There's some fantastic stuff on the program, and I really encourage you to check out digitalwritersfestival.com for all the details. It's running the 1st of November to the 11th of November, uh, and it's looking at all aspects of uh, digital writing, recording, converting digital work to the, the printed form, and podcasting. And so I'll be uh, participating in a fantastic panel called Writing for the Ear, Narrative Driven Podcasts with Beck Fari and Bethany Atkinson Quinton, who are two sort of powerhouses of radio and podcasting. I'm quite uh, daunted at appearing with them, but we'll be chatting for an hour or so uh, online 
which you can participate in, about how you do convert the, the written word or sort of produce uh, material for podcasting, uh, particularly in an Australian context. So it'd be great if you could tune in, have a listen, ask us some questions, uh, particularly to Bethany and Beck, who, are, who really are gurus in this field. So that's on the 5th of November at 4.30pm. Uh, I'll be tweeting and putting some stuff up on Facebook about that, but really encourage you to check out digitalwritersfestival.com because there's some fantastic stuff happening between the 1st and the 11th of November. I also mentioned the top that Capital Yarns is usually set in the capital of Australia, Canberra. Uh, I put the shout out a little while ago um, to mention I was visiting Wellington and if there was anyone out there who wanted to request a story and got a fantastic response from someone who grew up in Wellington and, uh, and now lives in Canberra. And so I'll surely be releasing a story in the written form online and probably will become a podcast in future, sort of exploring that sister city relationship between the capital of New Zealand, Wellington and Canberra. I figure it still fits into the capital yarn spirit. So um, I hope you enjoy that one when I release it. That's all for now. Thanks to Hashimoto, as always, for producing, providing the uh, theme music for Capital Yarns. As always, you can... Uh, get the Capital Yarns book at a range of retailers around the city of Canberra, uh, particular Paper Chain, uh, Harry Hartog, Muse. Uh, and uh, you can also keep up to date with everything that's happening in the Capital Yarns world at capitalyarns.com.au. Uh, hope to see you in November with maybe something a little lighter. Thanks for listening. See you. See you.